Hello, Seattle. This is Pastor Rick Whitmer at Sun Valley Church, and I'm listening. And and next to me is your host, Pastor Jeremy Finch. There's only going to be like six or seven people who understand what you're talking about there. I'm not sure why, but I'm offended by that. <laughs> I am too. <laughs> Oh man, I bet I feel like I've been waiting to do this podcast forever. It's it's been a you know, it's felt like an eternity since our last podcast. Oh, <laughs> I know. Oh, it, each each day leading up to this has felt like a thousand years. Yes, and one day is like a thousand years to the Lord. Oh, so it's that's else. profound. It is. You think about that. Incredibly profound. Well, friends, uh, unfortunately, I have Pastor Rick in the podcasting room again. And <laughs> Pause. Um, either start over or explain yourself. Uh, you know, last week we promised that uh, Pastor John oh. would be back okay. that with, is... with you and I. Okay, that explains the unfortunately. No. Re- good recovery. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't see that coming. And it it's just... I mean, not just, but it is, it is just you and I here today. You and me together, we can do anything. Dave Matthews. It's just you and me here now. Yeah, where is John? What's going on? Well, for those that don't know, uh, John had a pretty extensive ankle foot surgery two weeks ago. Is that two weeks ago now? Yeah, I think. Last week. Yeah, last, it was one last, week ago. Last Monday. Yeah, one week. So last Monday, Pastor John had a ankle slash uh, foot surgery that was more extensive than than the doctor uh, originally thought it was going to be. So his recovery is going to be just uh, a little bit longer than than anticipated. But he's planning on preaching this Sunday, um, and then doing that Taisudo uh, or uh, seminar. The week after, when he's back on his feet. The what? I'm just thinking about things that involve your feet and your ankles. Oh. <laughs> I was thinking about martial arts. No, yeah. So he is, though. He is preaching this week. He is. Because I'm not. You're not. You're I'm not. not. None of the elders are doing it besides, you know, John, the other elder. So, um, yeah. So you could be praying for, for John and his, in his, the recovery for his, his foot and ankle. Um. Yeah, it's a, it was a big surgery more yeah. than more than we were anticipating. Yeah, definitely, definitely more than, than he, he was. was anticipating. So yeah, um, which is what you love to hear when you wake up from being put out. Yeah, we amputated. Hey, welcome your back. Leg. This is gonna suck. <laughs> no, he yeah. he seems like he's doing well. He's yeah. he's in good spirits. He's he's driving around, doing what he needs to do. But he yeah. just really needs to. You know, lay as low key as possible. Yeah. So. Otherwise, you will be preaching. I well. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, someday. Uh, maybe. Maybe. Um. Anyways, Rick. Yes, sir. We're talking about the. Uh, we're, we're talking about God being eternal today oh i did not see that coming based on that intro well (laughs) 
that was my intro for our discussion for today. Uh, but <laughs> but <laughs> as we were talking prior to the podcast, we do have questions that have come in. Oh. And we have more questions coming in from somebody else who told yeah. me that he was going to be turning in his questions, which if he's listening, mm-hmm. we're still waiting for your like questions. I'm listening. I'm listening. We're here to answer any questions. All of them. We may not be the ones that should be answering the questions. No. But we may just be straight up reading off of Ligonier <laughs> or Desiring God. Well, we do that most times. Or... <laughs> so... Wow, they sound a lot more polished than normal. <laughs> they sound an awful lot like John Piper. There are like 27 adjectives in that <laughs> sentence. <laughs> now, one of those uh... questions was, if it, you know, if a tree f- falls in the forest, does anybody here at night i promised that person that we would do a tree part series on that <laughs> i just got that yeah sir i didn't i didn't see that you thought it was email. a typo <laughs> <laughs> uh, the dad jokes have come wow. in like significant yikes um fruition um at this point in my <laughs> dadding yeah uh, no it's like they you know the oldest passed 10 a year ago and it's just like floodgates and i'm not even embarrassed no, you're you're you've you've taken on that role. You are officially the dad joke teller. It's the dad life. Um, speaking of which, have you seen the progressive commercials? This is I, I mean, don't watch progressive commercials. I have a soul. I know you do, but um, if you have a sense of humor, oh, you would watch the progressive commercials. Wait, we might be using that word differently. The the like the insurance. Oh, progressive. Yeah, no, insurance. I still don't because I don't have TV. Oh. I mean, I watch shows but i don't have commercials classic what's classic about it this guy he he's training this younger generation because they're now turning into their parents oh, oh that's and he's treating them <laughs> training them now not to act like parents <laughs> okay i'll have to show you some yeah i would some love to see it as soon as we're done here. or even right now like why not bring no, everybody along for that no. ride i knew you were talking uh, about insurance but i just we thought i'd make a political comment well i know i know um we really don't want this podcast to go on forever, so what we're going to do is is dive in. Go for it. All right. That was very per- that was very pert happily of me to do. <laughs> we would like to get on with this podcast. <laughs> what we're going to do is stop not doing it. <laughs> you heard. That's another reference that probably ninety percent of our listeners yeah, do. That's a little more recent than. Let's look more recently. So what do you Anyways, have for me, man? Okay. What are we so talking about? When we talk about creation, speaking of being speaking a dad. Creation. When we talk um, about when we talk to our kids about God's creative power, you know, stars, um, earth, animals, flowers, people, flowers, whatever. You, all the stuff. All the stuff. Oxford commas. When we're talking <laughs> when we're talking to our kids about the creative power, one inevitable question that usually comes up with this is who created god and you can see in the kids minds how how it's operating well if something created this then something had to create the thing that created the thing right um so rick take a few moments to help parents like myself um and other parents who have young children or even older children who have asked this question who created god help them answer this question for their children as it pertains to God's eternality. Oh man. So obviously the first thing we want to do is let, 
Well, I mean, I think we keep with kids, especially young kids who are probably asking that is, um, is just keep it as simple as possible. And considering that we're dealing with a, uh, a subject, right? God who is infinite and who is, um, transcendent and you know all that the rain we're only covering a small sampling of his divine attributes in mm-hmm. eight weeks right and so with especially kids who are at the age of asking that um we probably just want to say well no one no one created god god is the creator of all things he himself was never created he always exists and that's one of the things that is um true about god that isn't true of anything else that's part yeah. of what we mean when we say and we tell you kids that God is holy. He is he is amazing and that's one of the reasons we worship him. Can can you imagine how great God must be if he was never created? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I know that you when you put your family worship liturgies together every week, you have, you know, some catechisms. Um what what's the catechism that you use for your family worship? Uh, right now we're taking two years to go through, well, maybe it's one year. I don't remember the Westminster shorter catechism. Yeah. And there are certain parts of it that theologically we as a church would have some disagreement with right. and with a, right. with a, conf- with a reformed confession, something that's different about those, um, and the catechisms that come from them. That's different about those from the creeds, because, you know, you hear us talk about the creeds and the confessions yep. and, and in talking about the divine perfections. We've talked a lot about the creeds. Mm-hmm. The creeds were written in the first few centuries of the church, uh, the major ones being the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, the Athanasian Creed. Mm-hmm. We've also mentioned the Chalcedonian definition. Mm-hmm. Uh, those things are so essential about God and the gospel that people, the whole church has historically understood. If you step outside the boundaries of the creeds and you disagree with those, yeah. you're not you're you're not saved. I mean, you are you have compromised the character of God and His saving grace in such a way that it's a different God, right? Right. But when it comes to the confessions of the Reformed faith, we have sometimes what we'll say is essential agreement, mm-hmm. um, and then there will be some differences. So, for example, right now, if anyone's using the Family Worship Guide on the back, there's a QR code that links to a video talking about what do we believe about the relationship of Christians to the Sabbath, because it's different than what's in that catechism right. at that one point. Right. But that that's I just wanted to make that qualification, because sometimes right. people can get them confused and think, well, if you don't agree with the whole confession, are you a Christian? It's like, that's not what we're talking about. Right. I mean, you are if you disagree with the things that make the Christian faith essentially the Christian faith, like right. who is God, his triunity, his perfection, the gospel. Right. But but yeah, that's what we're using right now, the Westminster Shorter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I, the reason why I bring this up is is you put those in there uh, for a specific reason. And I know this, this isn't really pertaining, but it is to our podcast this morning. But you put those things in there in the family worship guides so that yeah it will help answer these questions that will inevitably come up right like these yes. these are addressing some of the core um you know thoughts core issues that may come up and so um i don't know rick it does it, this may you know you may not have the answer to this but i'm assuming that that shorter catechism is actually helps address this very question of who created god well it does. Oh. And <laughs> this sounds staged. 
right? <laughs> that question sounded awfully staged. Um, but, but it's, it's actually not. not. It's, it's, it's totally not on the spur of the moment. It's and I, it's cool because I was just looking up the Westminster Shorter Catechism because I remembered it does. It does talk about that. Mm-hmm. Question four, um, which we went through maybe the last half of January, because we're spending two weeks per three questions of the catechism. Okay. That's the schedule, just so there's really time to go through it. Um, th- that question, question four, what is God? And the answer is, God is a spirit, infinite, eternal and unchangeable in his being, wisdom, power, holiness, justice, goodness, and truth. Mm-hmm. That's a magnificent starting point for understanding who is the God of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And then it goes on from there to, in question five, to begin looking at who he is as a triunity, yeah. one God in three persons and what that means. But even just there, God is eternal. You can take each The reason we give two weeks per question is if you were going through that with your kids, um, dive into the scriptures that are included. I mean, not in the family worship guide, but it's super easy to find a copy of the Westminster Shorter with scripture proofs. Right. And for each one of those perfections, there are scriptures that the um, Westminster divines attached to them to show we're not making this up. Right, right. And so you, when you talk about God being eternal, you're, you're also... That's related to his infinity, his unchangeableness. Um, and that's where you start to see all those perfections cross-reference with each other. Yeah, that's good. Thank you. Now, Rick, theologians use the phrase the eternal present when they're discussing uh, how God views time or the succession of moments. The eternal present. Mm. Makes me sound so smart when I say stuff. Like uh, that. Would you say it again? I just love to hear that. Present. Mm, well done. Wow. What do we mean when we say that God sees things in the eternal present? What are we What are we talking about when theologians use a phrase like that? Um. So, God is eternal, and because He is eternal, sometimes we'll talk about Him being outside of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's true. He is, he is outside of time. Why? Well, here I'm going to return a pop question to you. Oh, no. Yep. We don't. How does the Bible begin? Uh, in the beginning, God. Did what? Created the heavens and the earth. There you go. When did he do it? When did he create the heavens and the earth? In the beginning. In the beginning. That's time. Yep. That's where time. In the beginning, when God created, is the starting point of time. Yeah. Time itself is not God. Right? right, And so, all that is not God must necessarily be created. Right. Otherwise, there's something other than God that is eternal. And so, time and physics, I mean, this is not how the, the biblical authors were not thinking in terms of the laws of physics that, that scientists have discovered, right, since then. Um, which, by the way, is science originally was something that like the scientific method that allowed us to develop medicine, um, to make telescopes the way that they're done now to, to be able to test, repeat, and, you know, create these things that are known as now, uh, because of Anthony Fauci, the science, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> like that's our heritage. That's our legacy yeah. as Christians. It was a theological conviction that God created laws 
in nature that we could then develop things from yeah. as part of taking dominion, which is why science was conceived by those very godly, you know, 16th century, 17th century um, scientists as um, thinking God's thoughts after him, right. what we discover. And so what, what physics has discovered over time, <laughs> no pun intended, is this this thing called the time-space continuum, mm-hmm. right? So time is part of the fabric of reality in the universe. Mm-hmm. Well, God created that. Mm-hmm. And so he is eternal. He is above that. And yet when we read scripture, we very much see that God interacting in real time. Mm-hmm. Um, the eternal present would be God above all things, um, fully, you know, and this is where his omniscience can't, came into play, mm-hmm. at, what, two weeks ago, somewhere around there, that we, when we were discussing that? Or was uh, it last, last week? week? Last week. Um, and he perfectly and immediately knows all things. Not, um, not you know, he's not conjuring up thoughts the way that we do about subjects. Right. right. Like before I, we were studying for this podcast, I wasn't just, God's eternity wasn't, right there on the tip of my mind, yep. <laughs> right? right? And so God knows all things perfectly at all times, and yet he's very present. Well, and that's the eternal present. All things are present immediately to him. Yeah. And yet he very much exists um, and interacts with his creation in a way that is real. Yeah. And then when Jesus, at, the, at what Paul says in Galatians 4, at the fullness of time, the, the one moment that all of creation is leading up to, the culmination. Um, God's Son, the eternal second person of the Trinity, took on a human nature and entered time as mm-hmm. part of the creation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not that God hadn't been imminent with his people up until that point, but God very much knows that history is unfolding as he ordained it to. Right. And he's very presently with his people in that, but not like we're present in it, constrained by it, bound by it. He is not. He's boundless. And that's one of the amazing things about God's eternity. Mm-hmm. He is eternally present. He is transcendently near. And it's or it's unfathomable. I mean, it's just a, another point of worship. Right. And the psalmists do. They worship God for his immensity and his eternity. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it's 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 truly mind-boggling when you start thinking about this because I, I think we throw these words around um, pretty pretty loosely mm-hmm. without ever stopping and, and and wondering what that actually means. Yeah, thinking through the the how how in depth that actually is. How how can God be outside of time and yet still be in time? Um, like when we start thinking about those things, it, 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 it does, it, it should cause us to, 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 to wonder. Yes. To wonder. Yeah. And we've lost the art of wonder. Oh, that's great. I like that. I mean, I don't like that that's happened, Yeah. but I like the way you put that. Like we've, we've lost the, the art and not the art, but the, of being in awe of, of who God is. Yeah. So like, why are our kids, um, why are kids naturally, um, drawn toward the, the fantastic, right? The magical. Why do fairy stories resonate 
so deeply. Um, and there's several reasons, I think, but pertaining to this one, I, mean, I, I really think it's because it's in our nature mm-hmm. to wonder mm-hmm. in the sense that you're using that word, to, to be in awe of. And so when you, when you encounter an element of the fantastic, it speaks of a deep truth. Yeah. Um, C.S. Lewis might, might have called it deep magic, right? The, the stuff that, that goes back and it's so, it's so profoundly at the core of our humanity because God put it there in our hearts, right? Um, I think Solomon in Ecclesiastes says you put, he put eternity in the hearts yeah. of man. Yeah. That when we encounter what has been lost in the modern age, especially since um, um, we've, we really live in an age of naturalism. Yeah. Um, and this is one of the, the nasty stepchildren of the evolutionary worldview, you know, as that's permeated culture, there is no room for the supernatural, everything. And this is really what I've been hammering in our counseling class. Um, if the spiritual just becomes um, part of the physical, then you can label it, you can diagnose it, you can bill it to your insurance. And the, the real remedy for so much of this, because that our spiritual problems becomes just merely part of what you can see and touch and taste. Mm-hmm. And you lose, there's no wonder in that. Yeah. But the reality of who God is as our creator is seen by, you know, in these things and these stories of the fantastic. And God's eternity is fantastic. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense to our senses. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah it's magical good. in the most profound sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's Mystical. Good. Yeah. In the good, in the good way. Yeah, I may be misusing the term magic there, but it's you get the point, right? No, yeah, yeah, totally. You have a passage. Oh, I was just looking up John seventeen, our favorite chapter. Our favorite chapter. Yours and mine. Um, <clears throat> Jesus prays. He says, "And now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was." Mm. So here, Jesus is is connecting the timeless with the timed now um and now okay right that's very time language in this present oh father glorify me together with yourself yeah okay so that's now in time do this please which i had with you before the world was and that's time and eternity meeting Hmm. in jesus as he would go and be lifted up for our salvation so that we who are created to be, um, you know, eternally, you know, to live eternal lives would be able to have eternal life. And this is eternal life, two verses earlier, that they may know you, the one, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Mm. That's good. That's why it's our favorite chapter. It's really good. It's just one of the reasons. Just one of the reasons. Hmm. So Rick, uh, in light of in light of that passage, what is what does eternal life mean for us as Christians? That we might know Him, the only true God, in <laughs> Jesus Christ, whom He has sent. <laughs> <laughs> if if we are made new in Christ, um, and we uh, now uh, are able to access this thing called eternal life, and and I think we need to stop right there and make the point that every person has eternal life. It's just the destination is going to be different, right? Yeah, there's a there's a there's eternal life that is the quality, right? And there's the eternal life that is the 
time right. reference. Right. And you're using it in the time reference the time sense, reference, right? Like yeah. everybody's going to live forever. Right. Yeah. But but not everybody is going to have that quality. The quality. Of eternal life that Jesus is talking about. Right. Exactly. So when we talk about, when we're talking about this idea of you will have eternal life, John 3.16, um, what does that mean for us as Christians? Do we now take on the eternal, like God? Like, it, I, th- I think it's easy for people to think that, well, now because I'm in Christ, now, um, you know, this ancient heresy that would come up is, well, now we are, we are, we gods. are gods, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so what is, what does that mean? What does it mean for Christians to, um, to take on the eternal or whatever? Not yeah, because whatever whatever it, it means, bad. it's not going to mean that this. You know, we've talked about the communicable versus the incommunicable attributes. Right. The things that we can show forth in our nature, as it is with God, but not to the same degree. Mm-hmm. Like His love is a perfect love. We are created in His image to love and show forth that attribute, but we'll never we are we don't do that perfectly and exhaustively the way that He does. Yeah. Um, but eternity is one of those things that by nature the fact that we began and he never did you know revelation actually all a lot of scripture but revelation how does jesus say i'm the alpha and the omega the beginning and the end like all is summed up in him we we are never going to be able to have that quality so eternal life you know jesus really gives us that key in john 17 3 um, that we know god the only true god and jesus christ whom he has sent so our eternal life, um, as far as the quality goes, is being united with Christ mm-hmm. and enjoying, you know, every benefit that comes to us, which is to say all of them through him. Um, as far as the, you know, what happens when the eternal life, which we enjoy now, right? Because mm-hmm. Paul says in Second Corinthians 5, you are a new creation, Right. So the new creation. So actually, this is really helpful. Um, John Frame puts it in terms of um, kind of a, a, a graph or a, a timeline. So really, Scripture talks about time in two ages: the old age and the new age. Mm-hmm. And the new age began when Christ um, did away with the old age. Right. So there was this time uh, from the creation of the world. Up, you know, where everybody was born under sin, born under the law. Christ comes, born under the law, but not in sin, to redeem those who are under the law. And beginning with his uh, atonement, his resurrection, um, the new life began. Mm-hmm. The new age has come. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so, but it is not yet what it will be, right? Because everybody who actually is a Christian believes in the in the very visible physical return of Jesus right. in the future to to bring the new heavens and the new earth eternity right but but yet there's this overlap right now where the old still lingers but the new began 2000 years ago mm-hmm. and so there's this time between you know kind of a time between the times where some of the old and some of the new the new has broken in and yeah. that was with Christ. Yeah. That's really part of what the resurrection is about. It's the new life. It began when the new man was raised. The first fruits of what is to come. Right. And so um, I think part of what you're probably getting at is like, will there be a time when there is no time? You yeah. know, when the new heavens and the new earth comes? Yeah. 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 What does that look like? 
is there will there be time in eternity or will it be no no time yeah no time so if it were time. if it were timeless or like little, there was no time, time what was that <laughs> I'm, nothing but i really wanted to know i'm being dumb <laughs> but you're used to that so what a smart question <laughs> said in such a dumb way no, <laughs> no. um no that's the no, easy, no yeah. That's the quick answer to that question, is we will we will we will always experience time in some sense. Yeah. Um, if there were if we were ever outside of time, we would be eternal as God is eternal. Um, here's why I can say that. Because uh, one, when did when did time begin? At creation. At creation. And is there any place in Scripture that says that the nature of what was created ever is erased? Mm-mm. No. Instead, actually, we see it renewed. Mm-hmm. So all creation groans, Paul says in Romans 8, for the um, the revealing of the sons of God. So when, when we are glorified, when redemption in its final sense is complete and um, all the children of God are made new and transformed, the new heavens and the new... Like, creation is... is it's not erased. Um, there doesn't stop. There doesn't start to be a new um, metaphysical sense to it. Um, it's like no creation is restored in its most ultimate sense, mm-hmm. and time was part of that very good creation that God made, mm-hmm. which means that that time is going to be redeemed, and so there will always be time because it's part of the fabric of the reality that God made that is going to be redeemed and is going to last forever. Mm-hmm. So eternal life in that sense isn't a, a lack of time; it's a renewal of time. It is an enjoyment of a successive, um, you know, succession of moments where we will be with God forever, exactly as he intended mm-hmm. us to. Mm-hmm. And in that sense, we have eternal life. Yeah. So, you know, according to our, our uh, doctrine, the last two chapters of Revelation are about the new heavens and the new earth. The eternal state right. is what it's called. And here, even in chapter 21, we see time as very much an element of it. Um, I, you know, there's no temple, verse 22, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. Uh, the city had no need of the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is its light. Well, that doesn't mean that there's no time. It just means that those time markers aren't there mm. and that there is eternal day. Uh, the the light of Jesus. And, the, and here you go. Here's another time marker. The nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light, and the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor into it. Its gates shall not be shut at all by day. There shall be no night there. And they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. Mm. So that means that there's a point during that time at which these kings of the nations are outside of the city. And then there's a point at which they are inside of the city. Now, what happened? What's the difference between being outside of the city and inside? Um, A moment. Mm. (laughs) A moment when you walk through the gates. Right, so there's time language there. And then even in, into chapter 22, just to really seal the deal, in the middle of its street and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore 12 fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. So yeah, I, I really just don't see any way, shape, or form where we can say eternity is a timeless state. Hmm. Um, it's just the perfection of all that time was meant to be. Yeah. We're never going to be frustrated by not meeting the deadline. We're never going to feel like we don't have enough moments in order to do the things that, you know, our wife told us we had to do or whatever the case may be. 
My wife doesn't say that. She, just to be clear, I'm not <laughs> throwing my wife under the bus. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Just no, a staggering gonna, thought. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. That'll <laughs> be good. That'll be good. Uh, next week, Rick, we're talking about God's omnipotence. Whoa. Omnipotence. Wow. We're wow. Get, I'm never going to... We're never... That's another... I think it's omnipotence. In, I think it's an incommunicable attribute. It is. But I'm <clears throat> I'm getting closer <clears throat> at the why. But well, still nowhere near. So not, just to be honest. Yes. Stop looking at my arm. It's, you're creeping me out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, church, we love you. Uh, continue to send in your questions because we cannot spend three sessions talking about trees falling in the wilderness. I mean, we could. I was kind of excited by that. We could. As a challenge. We could. No, we have some other questions that are that are there, and we have more coming, but we would love to answer more questions if you have them. Um, yeah, send them in. Send them in. It'd be good to good to answer them we love you we look forward to being with you on sunday and next week on the voice of the valley have a great day